being said, today's sermon is called Prayer and Thanksgiving, because what's coming up here in a few weeks, for a month? I love Thanksgiving. Y'all, you don't seem like it. Yeah, okay. Speaking of food, we have the best communion bread I've ever had. We need to advertise that better so that we get more people in here. Best communion bread in the city. Man, okay. I'm, I'm going to get off track just thinking about the turkey and the dressing and my favorite is sweet potato casserole. I just love some of that. So at this time of year, we start looking towards that and we start hanging up our, our wreaths and look at that. How about that? Those look great. I heard that Matt, that Matt was the one that yeah, Linda got, I know, I know, but she got you to do it this time, and I said, you know, I'm not disappointed. <laughs> I'm glad. Hey, you told me that Selena volunteered him, huh? Yeah, so your wife volunteered you to do that. Praise the Lord. Praise, they are, they're wonderful, aren't they? Thank you, Selena. Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Matt. That <laughs> no, looks great. I love it. This is the time of year that we begin to hang up things like that and think about it. Next slide, please. I've seen this. Who's got this hanging up in their house? Grateful, thankful, and blessed, you know, many of us. And as I was pondering that this week and I thought about that, we even have a little pumpkin on our table that says thankful. And I said, are we? <laughs> like, it is, you know, on Facebook when we can say, I'm for this cause, and we put that little, like, frame up, and I'm like, are we really? Or are we just like, is this just something that we've got in a routine of doing? But I asked myself, like, are we a people that's thankful? Are we a people, is that God's heart for us to be like that, to be thankful? And are we a people that are genuinely thankful, that we, we have the signs, it's great, but not only do we have the signs, but there's something real and there's something authentic backing behind that. I don't know about you, but I know, to me, there's a huge difference in being with someone who is genuine, genuinely a thankful and grateful person. You guys, you guys know people like that, that you're just like, man, this person is just, they're, ha they're thankful versus someone who incessantly complains about things all the time. <laughs> Not that there aren't things to critique and ways to grow and stuff like that. That's real. You can do both. But there's a difference in having that complaining spirit and having that spirit that's actually genuinely thankful. I was uh, doing some research on this because I wanted to know, hey, if we're thankful... I bet that really affects our lives. I know because the scriptures tell us, which we'll get into, to be thankful. But I was like, yeah, I'll read here, and I know for a fact there'll be some really good stuff. So if you go to the next slide, instead of giving you all these stats, I read this a couple papers, and one just said, hey, here's the highlights of them. So I'm just going to give you highlights, just so, just so we can, just to think about. People are more thankful than they express or they say they are. So the studies were showing that around 90% of people, I guess there is a percentage, are very thankful for their friends and family, though that's cut almost in half for those who actually express it on any type of regular basis. And I think that's important because I think a lot of us probably fit in this category here. Like we, are, like we take a step back, we go, man, we have, we're blessed. We have a lot. There's a lot to be thankful for. But maybe I don't express it as much as I should. You know, maybe, I, um, maybe I'm not living, maybe I complain a little too much. People who are thankful are happier and less depressed. 
Did you know that? Plenty of studies show this. So if you're a person that's genuinely grateful, genuinely thankful, and you practice Thanksgiving, which means telling people that you're thankful X, Y, or Z, or a practice of like writing it and journaling, say this is what I'm thankful for today. Um, if you do that, you are mo mo more likely to be happier and you're less likely to be depressed. Next one, people who are thankful are less anxious and that also have better physical health. We all know the toll of stress in our lives and how hard that is and how anxiety hurts us not only mentally but physically, but people who are genuinely thankful actually have better health. They're less anxious. Next. People who are thankful are less dependent on addictive substances. I didn't, I didn't, I never thought about that, but th they are. So if you're a very thankful person, you're less likely to get addicted to alcohol and become an alcoholic. Next. Now this isn't, this isn't physical. I thought I would put that up there just to but I mean, you know, it's a t yeah, that's right. I knew that, you know, I say a lot of things, you just kind of throw something crazy in there. But people who are thankful, people are attracted to people who are thankful. If you're thankful, you're more likely to have friends and you're more likely to have people that are actually, and we're not doing thankfulness necessarily to get these things. My point being, God has called us, which we'll read, to be a thankful people because we are created to be thankful. And I believe that we are created to participate in a kingdom of people who are not like the Israelites. What was one of their big things they did as they went to promise? They grumbled and they complained all the time. But that we would be a people <laughs> that dwell in the kingdom and we're full of thanksgiving and we're full of gratitude. And I hope that I think I'm going to talk about this again next week just to kind of like hammer it a little bit, just for two weeks, because I know one week is just tough. But I hope that by the end of this, we begin to put some disciplines into our lives, some things to help us go, you know what, let me slow down a little bit. And I particularly want to talk about prayer, because how many times do I start my prayers or we get into praying? I got all this stuff to talk to God about, and there'll be times where I'm like, dude, I didn't even thank him for all this awesome things that he did for me <laughs> or for the great things that are in my life. I know that's why with discovery studies, the very first question is what, John? What are you thankful for? And it helps to set the mood. Like, it helps to set, like, get us recognizing, like, a lot of the things that we complain about whenever I begin my prayer and thankfulness, it kind of changes my prayer. Sometimes I still bring up the same stuff, but I have a little bit different attitude whenever I begin to get into prayer because I begin to thank God for the things that, that he's done. Let's go to the next slide. I'm going to look at this passage here, and then we're going to read Psalm 100 this morning. And I'm going to challenge us as we read Psalm 100 to read this throughout the week and to meditate and for it to be a prayer for us. The Psalms are full with Thanksgiving prayers over and over and over. There's plenty of them. But Psalm 100 is a short one, right to the point, and I figured that's, we're going to talk about that. But before that, this passage just kind of bothers me sometimes. <laughs> I want to read what Paul says here about Thanksgiving. In 1 Thessalonians, he's winding down his letter. In fact, right before this, he's talked about the day of the Lord, which is like this day that's going to be rejoicing for some and horrible horrifying even for others that the Lord is going to come and set justice on the earth. And then he begins to give them these exhortations, right? He begins to say, 
little things. I'll, I'll probably won't read all of this, but I want to kind of do this. In, I want to do this in context. I hate just ripping out a verse, but he's saying, "We urge you, brothers and sisters, admonish idlers." These could all be sermons of themselves, by the way. <laughs> Encourage the faint-hearted. I'll go kind of slow. Help the weak. Man, be patient with all of them. See that none of you repays evil for evil. Man, but seek, always seek to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Don't quench the spirit. Don't despise prophecies. Test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. The highlighted section is challenging. Like, seriously, Paul, are you, you want me to always rejoice? Do you know what it's like to go through X, Y, or Z? And unfortunately, Paul's probably like, yeah, I do. <laughs> Dang it. That he's calling the Thessalonians, he's calling this called out people to be a people who are filled with rejoicing. I think these are all tied together. Not that every moment of every day is, glory, hallelujah, I'm running around and clapping. But in the midst of all my circumstances, there's a posture of rejoicing in the Lord. Pray without ceasing. Really, Paul? Like, you want me to, like, have a hard enough time, you know, carving out 10 minutes in the morning to pray. Maybe a little time before I go to bed, maybe before a meal, but you want, you want us to pray without ceasing? I think the exciting part about this all is that this is, le- this is about becoming a people of thanksgiving, becoming a people, a kingdom of people who rejoice, becoming a people who pray in every situation and every circumstance. That when he says pray without ceasing, that is saying, God, I am inviting you into all my space, not just, you know, 10 minutes before I head to work. And hopefully it's asking God what space we need to go into as he leads us. But that in everything that we do, when I sit down and I'm about to start work, that I say, oh no, Lord, I need some, uh, need some help today. I've had a bad attitude. Or, Lord, is there anyone here that you want me to take to lunch or buy a coffee or go get a coffee for, Father? This call for us to be in constant communion with God is beautiful. It's challenging, but I think it's a beautiful call that he wants us to be that type of people. And, and I know there's times in my life where I do really I decent at it and some other times where I'm like, dang, what have I been doing lately? But I think this call to prayer and fasting that we have helps create space for that, that I pray bleeds into a lifestyle that we begin to pray without ceasing. Part of that is creating space to to be alone with the Lord. We need that desperately. We need to turn off our phones and radios and stuff and just be alone and be still. But that was one thing I thought about when it was pray without ceasing. To be able to pray without ceasing, we've got to become really good listeners. Because who wants to just talk all all the time? Some of y'all do. Some of y'all are like, well, I don't know. I don't mind. And the Lord's listening. I'll just keep going. Right, Diane? Me and you? Oh... But for us to do that, learning how to tune our ears to hear him, 
to say, hey, posture our hearts, God. What do you have to say asking him? Do you have anything for me to hear about this situation? Do you have anything for me to hear about my children? Do you have anything for me to hear about Stones River? And that this becomes a lifestyle that we have, that we're posturing ourselves before God. And then he goes on to say, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Dang, Paul, that's not easy. Like, it's easy to preach. It's easy to stand in front and go, hey, we need to do this and pray, give thanks in all circumstances. But when the circumstances are not great, this is very painful. It can be very difficult to do. Whether it's like extreme circumstances that many of us have participated, have had happen in our life, or it's just the day in, day out annoyances. I'll give you my example. Bethany and Ryan were over last night. They wanted watching. Ryan called me a couple minutes before the game started and said he didn't have ESPN. He wants to watch the game. I said, well, "Come on over, buddy. Go Vols." Um, but I have a cabin you guys know in uh, in Gatlinburg that I use to raise money. Like so, this guy texts me pictures of leaves on my deck and walkway, and is all up in arms that there are leaves on my deck in a cabin. In fall, in the Smoky Mountains. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> and he's sending me picture. I mean, he's upset. Picture after picture after picture. And I said, sir, it's fall, blah, blah, blah. I will do my best to get someone to come out there to blow it off. Swallowing my pride, I guess, a little bit when I really just want to say, dude, just get over it, right? So I go, I woke, yeah, enjoy them, yeah. I wanted to be like, leave me alone. <laughs> Zach, that was a real treat, wasn't it? I'll branch off on another subject now. Okay, you guys might deck me if I keep doing this. I'm sorry. Oh, those are good, right? Okay, cool, okay. Back on track. What am I talking, what's happening right now? That's right. Well, I get up in the middle of the night, and I start thinking about it, and I can't go, like, because I'm like, oh. Is this guy going to give me a bad review? I haven't had this very long. If he does, that's not great. I've got really good reviews so far, but you don't want bad reviews. What am I going to do about it? I get up. I, I go back to sleep. I'm, first thing happens this morning, I get a call. Text, 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 picture after picture. I'm like, dude, I've seen the pictures. I get it. I am trying to get someone over there. And in the midst of it, God's like, well, why don't Aren't you preaching on giving thanks? You get an opportunity to give thanks and all. And this, I like this circumstance because this is something that happens regularly, I think, with all of us, right? There's some annoying thing that's happening or someone's being obnoxious. And so I, I started going, oh, yep, thank you that I have this cabin. Thank you that there's someone staying there to help pay for it because if it don't get paid for, then that ain't good for me. <laughs> and that's, Lord, thank you that I have communication, that I have a cell phone. Like, I mean, when I, you just start to be thankful and you it's not very long before you recognize the plethora of things that you can truly be thankful for. And I would love to tell you that I just got so at peace and everything was great. It, it wasn't. But, I mean, it, I'm just being real. But I still believe that I genuinely was thankful. I wasn't just saying, thank for this, God. Genuinely thankful in all circumstances. And I believe that pleases God, that when we're thankful in all circumstances, even when it hurts a little, even when it's actually painful, 
that we say, God, I still choose to be to thank you for boom, 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 boom. All right, let's go. To, let's go to Psalms. Let's go to Psalms 100. This is a five-verse psalm. I said this earlier, and I'm going to encourage. I'm going to encourage you to write this down and to pray through this throughout the week. To just let's practice this. Let's see if we can get to start to build a rhythm of thankfulness in our prayer. And I'm going to do this too: thankfulness in prayer and in all that we do. And so, what's interesting about Psalm 100 is that the psalms leading up to it, like 94, 95 to 99 are very kingly psalms. It is praising God that God is king. And I, that's one of my favorite subjects to talk about. <clears throat> and in the midst of continually praising God that he is king, that he is ruler, that he's all these things, then we have this psalm of thanksgiving that bursts out here in Psalm 100 that opens up and says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth. Reading this, it wasn't them saying, Israel, make a joyful noise. That's, I love that. All the earth, all of creation. That would mean all peoples. All of the earth make a joyful noise. All of, our joyful, all of our noises that are joyful aren't the same. Greg's joyful noise is probably different than Wade Winter's shout. Hallelujah. Woo! I miss that. Because he, he would do a good one. He would do a good one. Maybe a little bit different. But what I'll, I keep thinking of this instead of individually <clears throat> as corporately. And if we can take the posture of being a people who are joyful, that, 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 we, that we make a noise before the Lord that pleases him because we are full of joy. As parents, what do we want? We want our kids to be joyful, right? Right? We want them to, we love it. I love it when my kids are just happy and joyful and running around and whatever. It's just, it brings me great pleasure. And I believe it brings God great pleasure when we are people who are joyful and we make a sound of joy. Woo! We can do it during the Vols game. You know, don't you hate when preachers say that? You, know, you shout during the football game. You can shout during church. I hate that. I just wanted to say that just to, to say I've said that before. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yes. Oh, no. hey, if someone dumps Gatorade on me because my sermon is sick or rocks, I'm, I'm all over it. It doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't matter. The floor is terrible anyway. So. <laughs> an, extra, an extra spot or two. Uh, but I love the invitation and the command for all of the earth to, 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 to let this joyful noise out before the Lord. Then he says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. I guess this presupposes that we're actually serving the Lord, right, whenever we're doing this. <laughs> and that's a, I guess that's something for us to pause and to reflect on first is where am I serving the Lord? How am I serving the Lord? Because I sure as heck can't do it with gladness if I'm not serving the Lord anyways. But it also shows me that just serving the Lord isn't the full heart of God. Just gritting my teeth and going, oh, I guess I'll do this, God, because someone asked me seven times and Oh, your Bible, the scriptures say to serve and do good things, so I guess I'll go help Julie do this, or, you know, I guess I'll do inner city tonight, God. No. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. I have to check my heart 
whenever you've been serving, especially in a specific capacity for a long time, or for, isn't it easy to kind of lose sight of why you did it or why you started? All the time. I have to, I have to, I have to, usually when I start to get frustrated, it's not always the case. It's usually a heart posture for me most of the time. I mean, it could be that I shouldn't have done it in the first place or I'm, over, I'm overloading myself, but oftentimes if I'm just being honest with y'all, it's that I've just been doing something for such a long time, I've kind of lost the why and the heart behind it, and I'm just in the, doing things in the motion, just going through the motions of it, whether that's doing something with my kids or serving in ministry or whatever it is. And so this week as I meditate on the psalm, I'm asking the Lord to reveal any of those places in my heart where I haven't been serving with gladness, where I've allowed things to just kind of be the same old thing, the same old way. See, this is what, this is what I mean by, by, by praying through this, too. Like, it's not just reciting, meditating, asking, reflecting in our lives, in our hearts. Come into his presence with singing. And when they wrote this, there's either, probably the temple. It was probably Solomon's temple. And there's no doubt about it that the picture is the picture of people going into his presence. Where was his presence? In the temple. So the picture of a joyous people that are going into God's presence with singing, that are serving the Lord with gladness. What a, what a picture. What a picture, y'all. If we can embody this, this is why, you know, you have those times whenever you go out and someone goes, what's different about you all? Because they see the joy of the Lord. They see something different. And they say, the world is just aching to see a people who are genuine, though, not fake garbage. We can, go, we can fake joy, we, or we can fake it, we can act like we're kind of happy or whatever. But people who are genuine, who are actually living this out, is attractive. We were out this week, me and Greg, and we got asked for our phone number, huh, Greg? That's pretty good. I don't know what that had to do with the sermon, but I just thought I would throw that out there. Sometimes they're attracted the wrong way. <laughs> that was hilarious. Like, what do you... said, we're married. I can respect that. I can respect... I hope you do. <laughs> a people filled with gladness. A people that come before the Lord singing and rejoicing. Verse 3 says, Know that the Lord is God. That line is so strong. I think there's so many times in the midst of good happening, in the midst of challenging things in our day-to-day, in the midst of chaos, that we just need to be still and know that the Lord, that know that Yahweh is God. Know that there's no other, there's no other king besides him. There's no other king that's, that's higher than him. That he alone is God. It is he, verse 3 goes on to say, who made us, and we are his. Man didn't make us. We didn't even create our own children. (laughs) Ultimately, it's God who did it all. And those two lines bring me so much peace. Do you know that I... I'm trying to, and I'm working on incorporating that discipline of, being, of expressing my thankfulness to God throughout the day. And for some time, I get up in the morning, 
is he who made us and we are his, and just thank him that I'm alive. Like, I don't have to be alive. I didn't even have to be created. Like, God, thank you that I'm up out of bed this morning, you know, and I can go on to thanking him for my family, my kids, my job, the different things, but I start off by saying thank you that I'm breathing this morning. And when I start in that posture of thanksgiving, sometimes it makes some of the things I complain about not so not such a big deal because <laughs> at least I'm at least I'm alive at least I'm here you made me God I thank you for that father I thank you that that I'm yours we are his people and he's the sheep of the pasture of his pasture God didn't wind the earth up as some suppose and let it go God has seen as he's our shepherd like we're his sheep he's leading us he guides us he fends off the wolves. Like, this is a relational God that we have. I mean, it's just so beautiful. I mean, when it gets down to the nuts and bolts, when things are going bad and we can go, God, you are God. Yahweh, you are God. You care for me. You've made me. You've made us corpor- corporately. We're your people. You're guiding us. You're leading us. It's just a beautiful thing. I'm... Even just thinking of this, just, just this lifts my spirits. No wonder it makes you a little happy, it makes you happier. Next slide, two more verses. Picturing the idea of going before the Lord into His presence, singing, he goes on in verse four to I think kind of elaborate a little bit. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. We sing this, right? Um, and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him, bless His name. So next slide, real quick, and we'll come back to the last verse. So when we look at Solomon's temple, what we get is this idea that you have the outer court, you have the inner, upper court, there's gates surrounding this, that there's a procession of people who are coming into the presence of the Lord with singing, coming into the presence of the Lord with gratitude, coming into the presence of the Lord with thankfulness, into the presence of the Lord with praise, that God desires God desires that for us. That he desires for us to be a people of praise and a people who's thankful. Next week, what I'm going to end up talking about is, uh, at least a part of it is Jesus and thankfulness. Because Jesus wonderfully, I almost did that in this sermon, but I was like, that's too much. Aren't you glad it would be another 20 minutes? If I, <laughs> no, I'm just but Jesus himself embodied what it means to be thankful. And you see it over and over and over again. Now, there is no temple like this anymore, of course, and many of us know this, but we, we, are the temp- we are the temple. So imagine what that practically looks like, is that practically looks like when, as we're together, <laughs> that we're a people who live in gratitude, that we're a people who praise God, that we're a people who are actually thankful. Next slide. We give thanks to him and we bless his name. The Lord is good. There's often many times where I just have to be still and say that because it, he doesn't, it doesn't always feel like everything's going great. And sometimes I have to stand back, and, and this, that's why I love this quick psalm so much because it reminds me that he is, Yahweh is God. It reminds me that I was created by him, that he's leading me and guiding me. 
in that no matter what I'm going through, no matter how hard it is, he's good. As much as I might not believe it, that is truth. (laughs) And then it it gets better than that. Not only is, is Yahweh good, his steadfast, he has steadfast love. See, he's not fickle like man is. <laughs> he's not like me. I'm, I'm, I can be fickle, I'm not going to lie. I can be up and I can be down. But he expresses steadfast love towards us. That endures forever. It's not going away. It's not wishy-washy. It's not here today, gone tomorrow. He's, not, he's a good God who loves and his steadfast love endures forever. The Israelites sang that, said that phrase over and over again. The Lord is good, or his mercy endures, or steadfast love, it endures forever. There's probably a reason why God, they recited that over and over again. They had to believe that. And then his faithfulness is to all generations. It's not a, he's not a, a God that was faithful you know, to the Israelites several thousand years ago, and doesn't remain faithful to us today. He's not a God who is faithful in the person of Jesus and with his disciples. And today he's just kind of whatever. It says very clearly is his love is enduring steadfastly and forever. His faithfulness is to all, all generations. I love it. I love it. So I want to end today with just sharing a... Uh, uh, conversation I had with somebody uh, this week, and a difficult situation, and it was actually cool, because when they shared this with me, I was like, that's exactly what I'm preaching on, you didn't know that, (laughs) and uh, unfortunately, it's a situation where there's a person who's going through divorce, which I know is really tough, I can't really imagine it fully, Um, and they weren't married for a super long time. This person had brought tons of money into the marriage. This other person had brought none. Um, but yet, this person is taking half, <laughs> basically. I won't say totally, but almost exactly. Um, and this person began to, was getting bitter and frustrated and angry. Like, I've 15, 20 years have worked for this money and you know, been going through my career. And, and you just come in and there it goes. And then said they were on a walk and then just began to think through the blessings that they actually had. That even though there's potentially several hundred thousand dollars (laughs) that's going to be gone, (laughs) that began to go, but you know what? I think a lot of people would love to have that part of my problem. (laughs) They might not want to have the divorce problem, but be able to have that much money to be able to give, to be able to have the house that I have, to be able to have uh, the health that I have, to be able to have the things that I have. Like, there's something in it. There's something there whenever we begin to, even in the midst of pain and even in the midst of hardship and the challenges, that we begin to thank God and praise. And I know that that doesn't mean the problem's solved and that person is just like, hey, I can't wait. But I know that it changed. It's a heart posture change. And I know that that person that said that, I mean, did make them feel better. And it makes them feel better when they begin to think on and dwell upon the good things of the Lord and be thankful for what God has done rather than dwelling on the negative. Again, there's plenty of people that would love 
I mean, it's just hard, man. We live in this culture that just always says you need more, you know? And like when things are, I got to have a better car and I've got to do this and I've got to strive for, for this much money and I have to do this. And all the marketing is thrown our way saying you don't have enough, you don't have enough, don't be content, get this, get this, get this, get this, get this. But to be a people set apart, a called out people that are actually genuinely thankful for what God has given us in our lives, that are thankful for who God is. And even in the most dire of circumstances, you know, Paul writes that the sufferings that we go through in this world don't even compare to the glory. <laughs> All creation is longing to, I mean, it's just, it's this beautiful picture. And even in those dark moments, I tell myself, even in the midst of this suffering and pain, God, let me thank you because I know this earth is going to be set free from corruption. I know that you, Jesus, I, we will see you face to face. It's going to be a beautiful thing. And so even when it's difficult to find the things now even for us to praise, we can also praise looking to the future. But there's so much today. There's so much. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you Thank you for being an amazing God that's not difficult to thank. Thank you that you're not a, a slave driver that wants to, that's doing things for your own good and taking from us and, you're so, and being hard and putting hardships on us, but that, Lord, you are a God who is good. You are, have steadfast love towards us. You are a shepherd. Lord, thank you. Father, I, I ask that you would help us to embody thankfulness, that even here in this season that we go through, that it's not, um, that we take time to develop a discipline of, of being genuinely thankful in our lives, to see that spiritual growth take place in our lives, where maybe it begins here and it begins now, but we really become a people, Lord, that are absolutely and completely thankful. Lord, we want the world to see you through your body, through us, and we know this is an element of that. That's, that is very important. So search our hearts. Even as I said earlier, search our places. If we're not serving with gladness, whatever it may be, search our hearts and reveal to us the places where we can grow so that, Lord, we're not seen as a people who complain all the time like the Israelites did in the wilderness, but a people who are part of a kingdom that's beautiful, that's glorious, and a people filled with gratitude for what you've done and what you continue to do for us. In Jesus' name, amen.